Father, we do a disservice if the only time we worship you is on Sunday. Father, I pray that, God, that you will open our ears. We open our ears to hear what you are saying to us, your church, so that we would come into alignment with your word and so that we will be about worshiping you 24-7 with our life, with our mind, our heart, our soul, and all that is within us to carry your glory, to give you glory, and to carry your glory to this world in this hour. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that prayer, can you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. It's an interesting uh, week. We have my two daughters, who are normally part of the team as well, are all the way over in Washington State. They flew out there, and one of my nephews is having a, a wedding, and so... They went out there and hanging out with family this weekend. Wedding was yesterday. We have a, several of our core uh, gone as well today. But I thank God that you're here and God has a plan for you. Turn to somebody and tell them that. God has a plan for you. It's a great plan. It's an awesome plan. We talked about last week the goodness of God. The absolute incredible goodness of God. And, and, and let me tell you something. The gospel is the, is, the, um, is the good news. How many of you have ever heard that before, right? The gospel is the good news. And the good news is, comes from our good father. And then everything he does is based upon his goodness, including leading your life in the right timing, at the right place, at the right time. God is good. And that means no matter what we go through, we can be confident in the love and the goodness of God that, in the, that, that I, will I, will, I will experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that there is a time and a place for everything, including trials. How many like trials? How many just love trials? You know what comes with trials? Pressure. Pressure. But like Paul when we have God on our side, it, when we might be pressed on every side because of the goodness of God. We're not crushed by it. We might get knocked down in the middle of life situations, but we get back up. The enemy comes and he tries to throw a blow at you and knock you down, and he's like, like Rocky. He sees you getting up. He says, man, that guy, he just keeps getting up again. That girl just keeps getting up again. Why? Because we have the goodness of God. We have the creator within us, and it's his power within us that we walk and that we live and that we have a being. And we are, we are, uh, uh, we are blessed. And turn to somebody say this morning, you're blessed. You're a child of God. You know, one of the things that's vital it's absolutely vital. And it's good that we talk about these on a regular basis, on a yearly basis, Yolanda, and on a regular basis, Randy, and that is that we talk about and remind ourselves that the war that is going on, we have to continually put into right alignment those things that we think about. Because the war that we face on a regular basis is the war between the ears. And the war is either won or lost between your ears. 
There's this thing about transformation that we're going to open the word in a very familiar passage this morning, but there's this transformational thing. But we need to keep aligning ourselves with the principles and the practices of the word of God so that we continue to line up with the goodness of God and that we walk in boldness and we, do, we can walk in any situation because God has not given us a spirit of fear. God will not give you the spirit of fear. He cannot give you that spirit. But God gives us the spirit. What does he give us? Power, love, and a sound mind or self-control. So when you, let, let me just tell you something. If you're overcome with fear this morning, that's not from God. And you can and reject that and, and receive through his love, through his goodness, you can receive boldness to move forward in what God's come, called you to do with power, love, and a sound mind. Last week, we, that, we, that was kind of the essence of what we talked about. But let me just say this. Change your thoughts and God will change you. It's not really possible totally for you to change you. But let me tell you something. If you change your thoughts, God will change you. By his power, by his grace. How many glad this morning for the grace of God? Spiritual warfare and the battleground is in the mind. The Bible instructs us very specifically about spiritual warfare in your mind and taking captive every thought. It says, let's look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk, can we read it together? Come on, church, let's read it together. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to what? To the obedience of Christ. The basic premise in this verse is the Apostle Paul talks about pulling down strongholds. If you would, picture with me a stronghold. Now, let's go back in biblical days in which it was written. A stronghold basically was like a big walled fortress that an army could hide behind or be safe behind. Maybe a giant wall, fortress, big giant stones. You might even think castle. You might think of, uh, a, you know, a big fortress, big walled-in city. And, 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 and the Bible talks about bringing down these strongholds. These strongholds are thought patterns that war against the knowledge of God. These are ideas and ideals that are in conflict with what God says. The enemy actually inhabits these realms of thought. And a stronghold, what's a stronghold? It's where an army, like I said, will rest so that they can go out from there and do exploits. So the enemy does what? Hides in the thought life not the imagination life, but the thought life and the broken thoughts of people that are inconsistent with what? The knowledge of God. That's a stronghold. 2 Corinthians 10, 13, casting down, what are we to do? Cast down arguments and everything that what? What does it say? It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according for the weapons of our warfare, casting down the arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, what? Against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into what? Captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
Here's the picture of dealing with the ideas and thoughts that are in conflict and completely opposite of the thoughts of God. Let me just tell you this right now. We can't afford, Brandon, we cannot afford to think thoughts about ourselves that God does not think about, our, about us. We can't afford it. We can't afford, Steve, to think thoughts about us that God doesn't think about us at all. But yet, we continually to turn those crazy thoughts. And the, what the problem is, is they're actually in conflict against actually the will of God. So therefore, if, we're, if we get off base in our thinking, we get off base in our life. We can get off, we can get left, and we can get right. We can get out of whack in our emotions. We can get out of whack in, our, in the situations. When we, when we lose track, that God's word is, keeps us in the plumb line straight. And what he says about us, who he is and who we are in him. Anybody with me this morning? So we can't afford to entertain thoughts about us that he doesn't think about us. The moment we do, we entertain a lie and war against the very purposes of God in our life. When we dwell on, when we feed on those crazy things, the things that are contrary, literally that literally war against the plan of God. The mindset on the flesh is death, the Bible says. It cannot, what? Obey God. So the mind that is contrary to the things of God actually sets us up for failure. It sets us up for being incapable of following through on the direction that God has given us. And at times, when that truth of the Word of God comes, if we're flowing in a stronghold, we, won't, we might not even hear what that, we won't even re, it won't even be revealed to us that that's truth. It says in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, how, how, let me just say this. We need to change. We need to get our thinking into a right alignment. We've got to get our thinking in right alignment. And, and let, what Kathy and, and, our, uh, and Claudette said this morning, and I'm going to get to this in a moment in another point, but it's vital. Sometimes we carry these thought patterns that the enemy comes in and it actually gives a foothold to the enemy in your life, and then it, it affects your relationships, it affects how you walk, how you talk, it, it affects how you smile or not smile or approach life, it affects your attitude. And so when we come in and allow the Holy Spirit, the Word of, that we get our thought patterns in the right alignment to the Word of God, we get healing in our life, we begin to flow again. That river that is within us begins, Judy, joyful Judy, to flow again. Judy, have you ever had a day where you haven't smiled? It, I almost guarantee you it's a day when you've lost sight of the goodness of God. Am I right? We call her joyful Judy for a reason because she carries the joy of the Lord. She wakes up every morning and goes, God's good. And that's what we all should do. God's goodness is the difference maker. But let's open Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Very familiar passage. Let's break it apart a little bit. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead. He's a pleading with us. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. 
Why do we give our bodies to God? Because of all he's done for us. God, because of all he's done for you. So let them be a living, let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God, Here's, this is all familiar. How many, know, how many have heard this a thousand times, if not a hundred thousand times? If you're hearing it for the first time, praise God, let it sink in. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know. You, how many of you want to know what God's will is for your life? Let him transform you. New person, you're a brand new person. Change the way to learn that God's will is for you. What is his will? It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. As soon as you were saved, let me just tell you this. Let's, let's look at this first part. Don't copy. But let, let the God transfer you to, let, go back to that first verse. First verse. Your truly way to worship him. I want to I wanna hit on this thing about worship for a moment in your life. It's a mindset. And maybe, maybe some, there needs to be some mindset alignments to this right here this morning. You see, as soon as you were saved, you're in the ministry. Let me just say that again. As soon as you're saved, every one of you are in the ministry. You're a royal priesthood. Royal. Look around you this morning. Those who have come, Jesus has come into their heart. You are literally royalty. And you're a priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. And you're a part of a holy nation. That you should show forth the praises of him who've called you out of darkness and into what? His amazing, wonderful, majestic light. So let's, let's follow this. It says, present your body. Let me just say this. We are always worshiping. Every, everything you do when you receive Jesus is about worship. If you, if you have a business, it's, not, it's now, and you're saved, you come to Jesus Christ, it's now a kingdom business. Anybody tracking with me? You, 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 uh, it's now a kingdom business. If your business, uh, worship isn't just the mu- when the music starts. Worship is everything you do is actually worship to God. And that's a mindset change that we need to have. We need to have that switch. Come, we see, when we, when we say even come to our worship service, we're actually proposing a, a dualistic mindset that maybe is not really, it's implied, but it's not, it's not I mean, it, people get that message. A dualistic kind of a feel of a worship service creates that, come to our worship service, it creates a mindset that in reality we're worshiping all the time. Everything we do is worship. It's not about a time or a place, but it's about all the time. 24-7, I'm serving and worshiping the Lord. Can you say amen? It's not worship on Sunday, now on Monday, I'm back at work. And, and, but but what, if I, what, if, what if I did my job as worship as unto the Lord? What if I served and had my business as worship as unto the Lord? There's some people that, that, that create a list. Have you ever heard this list? 
The list is, well, God first, then there's my wife, and then there's my job, and then there's anybody ever, maybe, you, maybe you've even made that list. God's my top priority. No, actually, let me, let me just kind of bring an alignment to that. I put God first, then people say that. But in reality, let me, the, the reality is, is the Bible says when you receive Jesus, you came into the kingdom, and therefore seek first the kingdom. There is no list. The kingdom of God is number one. Period. There is no two, three, four, and five, six, seven, and eight. We are to seek first the kingdom, period. You see, when you see Jesus, you, you've come into the kingdom. You, you don't walk out of the kingdom to play with your children. Once you receive Jesus, you're in the kingdom, so I don't walk out of it. Now I'm going to go play with my kids. I don't walk out of the kingdom to hang out with my wife. Anybody track her with me? I'm in the kingdom. This is who I am. I am the king. I'm in the kingdom, the kingdom of God. So we don't have to leave the kingdom to go to work. You're in the kingdom. Your business is now in the kingdom. You receive Jesus, the kingdom. The king is in you. Therefore, you are in the king's dominion. The kingdom within you becomes the kingdom around you when you cultivate the kingdom within you. Let me say that again. The kingdom within you becomes the kingdom around you when you cultivate the kingdom within you. Sometimes we have this mindset that I go to a secular job. No, the day you were saved, you became sacred, and everything you do now is sacred. You're a priest. You're a holy nation. Your business just became kingdom territory once you're saved. It says in Romans 12, 2 that we just read, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you, there's an area of your life that you would like to change? Anybody here, there's an area of your life you'd like to change? Yeah, amen, that's good. Have you ever tried to change your life? As I've already talked about, don't be conformed, but how do I, trans how do I actually transform my life? Be, by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know that you cannot change your life, but once again, but you can change your thoughts and he will change your life? This, world, this word transformed in Matthew chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus was, it, it goes back to this. It goes back to the same connotation. It goes back of, of this being transformed. It's the same one that's in Matthew 17, 1, where Jesus was transfigured. And up on the mountain, and, Mo and, and Moses and, and Elijah, and they are all coming and meeting on the mountain. And Jesus was transfigured in front of the disciples. It is the same word, transform, be transfigured. It's a, it's, a, it's, it, it's a new reality. You're in a new reality. You're being transformed. Romans 12, when Jesus went up on the mountain, that's what was going on. Let me just tell you something. There's this thing, there's this thing in the Word of God, I mean, uh, that, that goes on, it's proven about the principle of first mention. The principle of first mention, and I'm talking about our thought life and how we get there. The first time you hear about a subject, it becomes the lenses, and from that point on, you will view that subject through those lenses. When someone else teaches you on the subject, you will then critique that by what you've already heard by that first mention.
There's something going on today in our kids and the values in our schools. And there's this thing that's going on that, that, that the schools are actually teaching our kids first before the parents in the, in the home are teaching the kids about sexuality. I believe that God wired us that, that, that way as far as the first mention because as parents, we're supposed to be the ones who laid the foundation for how our kids see the world. So God gave us this ability to help us and to focus our children's lenses long before we expose them to the world. Teaching our kids values in the schools as opposed to teaching them at home so then they hear it first. How many know they should hear it first at home so that when they go into the school, it's not the first time they hear it? So they've already heard it from mom and dad talking about sexuality. Maybe age 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And maybe sometimes in this world, in this day and age, it's happening even sooner in the schools. Stephen, let me ask you a question. Is this a problem in the schools today, in young people, junior high, elementary? I know it was, uh, I know uh, Victoria, when she was here, she would, for a time she was going into the schools and the kids even at five, uh, fourth grade, fifth grade, third grade, new stuff that when I was a kid, I didn't hear until junior high. I didn't hear until senior high. And the kids are hearing these things early in their life. In the agriculture age, parents taught their children everything. And how you see the world, it is vital who lays the foundation in your life. So, for instance, if you teach your kids about sexuality when they're 8 to 12, that you lay the foundation for how they learn that subject and view what they hear at school from the foundation that mom and dad lay. Lay the, righteousness, the righteous foundations in the children's minds. It's really important what you fill your minds with. How many of you know today we need to be proactive? Parents, we need to be proactive. If you're a grandparent, you can be proactive in helping. If there's not a strong family structure going on, that you can actually help your children to have understanding of what is really, what, what the beauty of the sexuality, the beauty of what God's done, and, what, and, and keeping in alignment those things in their lives. So that what? They have that foundation, so they're not hearing it first at school or from a friend. They're hearing it from mom and dad. They're hearing, and maybe they're, like I said, you're a spiritual parent. You can, you can share that with, you, with the children so that they have a firm foundation. Because let me tell you something, sexuality today in schools or in the life and our kids, it's a problem. And we need to have a righteous standard so that what? We have a mindset that is, is actually in alignment with the Word of God. And so that we're not hearing it. We're hearing it from the righteous perspective of God. And we're not just hearing it from the world's perspective, which is skewed and, dis and twisted and messed up. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 4, it says, But you have, not so you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, 
conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How many of you know you, there's a spirit of your mind? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I believe we think tri-dimensionally. Let me give some explanation of that. We think tri-dimensionally. If you take a drug, a physical drug, it, you, you, it affects the way you think. If you have a broken soul, where we're talking about getting healing and sozo, it affects the way you think. Christians, when you're born again, a piece of us is awakened that wasn't awakened before. God said to Adam, in that day you eat of the fruit, you will die. Anybody remember that? But did he die? Let me just say this, a part of him died. In the day that you eat the fruit, a part of them died. Receive and receive Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ, you were born again. A reflection of Adam's death and your resurrection, you were, you were dead and now you're alive. Can you say amen? How many glad for that this morning? That's the third dimension. We get renewed, not just in the physical aspect, but in the soul, but also in the spirit. And the soul is a great slave, but it's a terrible master. That's why we go in and we get freedom in Sozo. You see, my feelings can influence me, but shouldn't lead my life. I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. And so that my feelings don't have rule over me, but my spirit does. You can't change your life, but if you change your thoughts, God will change your life. I want to talk to you about one talk with you about one subject before we close this morning. How many of you know that there's a difference between condemnation and conviction? When we do wrong, there's this, there's this like an oil light that comes on in the spirit and it's called conviction. The difference is, con let me tell you the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says, you lied, so therefore you're a liar. Condemnation always tries to tie your bad actions with your identity. Talking about changing the way you think. Because once the devil convinces you that what you did is who you are, he doesn't have to do and bother you any longer because you will always produce the environment around you that you believe that you have within you. You will always create the environment around you that you believe is within you. Not the environment, I want you to understand this, not the environment that you do have in you. How many of you know that you are saved? You're set free, you're a brand new creation. Can you say amen? So condemnation says, you got drunk, so you're an alcoholic. You're a, you lied, so you're a liar. But let me just say, you're never going to change by believing that alcohol's, alcoholism is your identity. 
You're not this temptation that you resist. You are not the temptations that you resist, but you are the only, you're only the virtues that you embrace. I want to say that again. You're not the temptations that you resist, but you are the virtues, virtues that you embrace. Temptation is common to everyone. Everybody's tempted. The Bible says that to be tempted is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in every way. You remember that? Everybody remember that? But did, yet did not sin. How many of you want to know what the worst temptation is? Anybody want to know what the worst temptation is? It's the one that you have. Everybody, everybody knows what it means to want one thing but choose another. Because I'm not what my want, I, because I am not my wants, I am my, only my will. I'm not my wants, I'm only my will. Wanting is different than willing to change. I'm wanting to change, but then there's the willing to change. But I want you to know something this morning. Temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted in every way, but did not sin. If you want to renew your mind, the way that you feel is not who you are. Hear me this morning. The way, what you feel is not who you are. I am not the temptations that I resist. Here's the challenge. Temptation is to your character what lifting weights is to your body. Temptation is to your character what lifting weights is to your body. If I say that my desire, my desire is my identity and I don't push back on that and I lay down and just give up on that, this is who I am. But that's not the reality. Character is built by what I want to do. By I want to do the wrong thing, but I will to do the right thing. I want to say that again. Character is built by I want to do that, but I will to do the right thing. If you want to renew your mind, don't worry about your temptation of the what. Just do the right. Why doesn't God give me a better place? You might be saying, well, why doesn't God give me a better place? Because, uh, because you haven't killed the enemies in the place where you're in. He's protected you from being more influential. How many know with greater influence comes more temptation, not less? He's protecting you from being more influential because you are still thinking that temptations that you have right now are your identity, but they're not. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus got baptized in Matthew chapter 3 and Luke 3, and when he gets baptized, and he hears, what does he hear the words? What does he hear when, and Luke 3, Matthew 3, when he gets done being baptized, what does he hear? Anybody? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Anybody remember that? In the original writings, there were no chapter breaks as we have in the King James. When the King James Version was written, there's no chapter breaks. So, so it should flow like this. And then Jesus was led. So my, uh, this is my son in whom I'm pleased. And the Bible says that then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. To what? To be tempted by the devil. I want you to track with me on that. This is my beloved son in whom well I pleased. And then the Holy Spirit led it by, uh, he was led in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to what? 
by the devil to be tempted. By the, Holy, by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Let me get that straight. Let me ask you this question. Has anybody ever had an amazing experience with God? Absolutely amazing experience with God. I mean, like a God encounter, like amazing. And then you find yourself the next day in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. Yeah. You hear, ladies, you hear, this is my amazing daughter who I'm well pleased. Awesome. Life is good, right? And then the next 40 days are like hell on earth. The prophet gave me a word that wrecked my life. It really wrecked my life. And then it wrecked my life. Jesus fasted bread and water for 40 days. Let me ask you something. When did the devil come to him? Day 40. After he became hungry, what did the devil tempt him with? Something to eat. Bread. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, but he, he is led out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, but he's led out in the wilderness by the power of the Spirit. Satan came to tempt Jesus, but Jesus came to lure Satan into the mother of all battles. And Satan will come after you when you are weak. But I want you to understand something to, that, that we're aware of. Jesus did no miracles that we're aware of until he left his wilderness. And this is a word of encouragement to you this morning. And I just jumped to this one. Some of you think that something is going wrong, but I propose to you with your life, but I propose to you that something is going absolutely right. Some of you think that all chaos is breaking loose and, 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 and it's the end, but let me just tell you something. God knows where you're at. And like Jesus, there's a wilderness before there's the breakout into the destiny. And there's some of you here this morning that you think that something is going wrong, but I propose to you that something is going absolutely right. Some of you might be thinking this morning, I'm in this wilderness and I don't know what I did wrong. Maybe you're here listening. I'm in this wilderness and I really don't know what I did wrong. You didn't do anything wrong, but you did something right. The Lord is proving what he said about you. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And okay, I'm going to prove it to you. And he's standing with you. And you're standing and you're facing giants in the promised land. You're, facing, you're actually facing the promised land. Let me just tell you something. Those giants that are in front of you are not there for your defeat, but you're, they're there for your promotion. God is good, and God is good all the time. Several, several of you here this morning are about to leave the wilderness in the power of the Spirit because you're a child of God. It's actually promotion time. I want us to stand this morning.
think some of you need to walk in, in a new confidence in the goodness of God and how great He is. The Bible says in Romans 8.28 that He causes all things to work for the good to them who are called according... Well, let's, let's read that passage. You guys have Romans 8.28? And we know. Say it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Can we say that one more time? And we know, what do we know? That all things work together for good to those who love God. How many love God this morning? To those who are called according to his purpose. If your life right now isn't in a place where it's good, it's not the end place. It's not the finish. He causes all things to work together for the good. So let me just say this this morning. If you're walking in the wilderness, it, you maybe walked into the wilderness, and maybe that you need to understand that, that there is a proving ground, and, and God right now is, is, a, is about to give some promotions to people. And you're going to be walking out in newness you're going to be walking out in a new day. It's a new season. It's a season of breakthrough. It's a season of, of, of greater anointing. It's a season uh, because this is a place where God's calling. He's calling his church to intimacy. He's calling him back to the basics. He's calling us to a place where we, we praise him in any situation where we're, we're leaning upon him, we're trusting him, and there's no plan B. So this morning, I want to encourage you that if there's any reason that, that, because anything that doesn't have hope in it is a lie when you're a child of God. And in the midst of the wilderness, there's a beginning that you begin to think that there is no hope. But let me tell you something, there is hope and God knows where you're at. And if he orders your steps, which he does, the word of God says, he's not gonna leave you in the wilderness. Matter of fact, he led you there so that he can prove it's your proving ground to your promotion. The proving ground is, it's not a time to go, woe is me. It's not a time to go, oh, I'm helpless. It's not a time to, to get into complaint, but it's a time to praise him like you've never praised, to declare like you've never declared, because God is on your side and he's leading you through. You're not remaining in. And when you leave, you're leaving with a greater anointing and power than you walked in. So he's not forgotten you. You're not forgotten. You're not alone. He's with you. Be joyful. Be courageous. Be strong, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you. He's mighty in power, and he's with you today. Don't forget it. Walk, though, in greater boldness to achieve, because God is good, and he wants your dream. He wants to plug your dream into the kingdom. He wants to plug your dream and get it activated. He wants to activate that is within you. He created you and fashioned you for a purpose and a great purpose. And the enemy wants to bring discouragement. And he wants to say, you screwed up and you are a screw up. No, that's called what? Condemnation. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to draw us to the Spirit of God. To draw us next to the Father's heart. 
The enemy likes to say, you're a liar. You'll always be a liar. You're a no good. You'll always be no good. And God says, oh, shut up. That's a lie. I just sense the Lord wants to encourage your hearts this morning. He wants to encourage the heart of his people to draw near, get his perspective. Because really he invites us because I want you to know something. He wants your joy to overflow. He wants your joy to be full. What's full? It literally is overflowing. It literally spills out joy. That's the type of joy he wants to give you. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. The Lord wants to encourage you that this fight, this fight can be weary. It can be tired. Jesus, after 40 days, the Bible says he was hungry. I'm sure he's tired. He's thirsty. But it was right at that point, at what seems to be a breaking point, which it wasn't for Jesus. He came out with a greater power. And it was right after then that he began healing miracles and released miracles for the first time. There's a new day coming. Turn to somebody next to you and say, this is your new day. This is time to walk out. God, God's good. God hasn't forgotten you. Matter of fact, you, you're, you're walking in a place where he's been proving you. And God's offering graduation. He's offering promotion. So, so right now, I just want you, if this has been you, this is like, I, I've, been, I've been just troubled. I've been thinking that I screwed up, or that I'm, I'm in a place where, because, but let me just say this. Uh, this is, if this is you, that's, that's what you've been thinking. You've been thinking that you're, you're an absolute, um, you've just actually been letting the enemy and these cycle of wrong thoughts so we continue to cycle through. And you want, you want to, you're, you're hearing this and you're hearing the voice of God today give you perspective. Just raise your hand right now with me. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name, I praise you and I thank you, Father, for, Lord, you give us the right perspective. Father, you offer, you, Lord, you take us and you order the steps of your righteous, Father. And they're the ones that, Father, this morning, they felt like they're going in, they, they, they're in the wilderness, but they thought they were there because it's their mistake, that's their problem. But, Father, you're actually leading and guiding them so that you can lead them out into great victory. And they're going to walk in greater power and anointing. They're walking in a new purpose. Father, it's a new chapter. It's a close of one and an opening of another. It's a, so, Father, that their book will be written between you and them in a greater intimacy. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you. And we just seal this right now. I just pray that they would be bold and strong. For the Lord their God is with them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the creativity to, to just to, to rise up within your people. Father, I pray for those in this, this room that you would give them the power to create wealth. Father, that they would, that the ones that have a desire, and that, how many of you there, I just sense there's some, a couple of you that you really have a desire to move business 
and uh, you've been afraid, but yet you, right now, you, you, it, it's time to, I just sense the Lord saying it's time to rekindle that. It's time to, to pull that idea off the shelf and put it back into motion about a business that lets you raise your hand. Cool. All right. I want you, I want you, if there's someone that has their hand up right now, just raise your hand. I want you to come in an agreement right here, right here. Just raise your hand real quick. Awesome. Right back there in the back. I want you just to stand with these that are. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we pray. We just release from heaven, Father, Lord, the power to create wealth and the boldness to do it. I pray for the creative ideas in Jesus' name to come to your people. Father, that they will build a kingdom business with kingdom ideals. And then, Father, that they will have that with an open hand so that, Father, whatever you give them, they give away or give to those or to build and to, to build greater things for the kingdom. So, Father, I pray for the wisdom. I pray for insight to start a new business. And, Father, in the boldness to do it. And that they will always have a seat around the table for the partner of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide that business. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Father, in this place, I just pray, Father, that you will continue, we will continue to open in every one of, every, every life, we will continue to open our heart and our mind, let, that our mind, Father, would literally be trained by the word, and that, Father, we will be the doers of the word, and Father, I just pray that supernatural miracles will be the norm in your people. Father, that there would be, on the basis of the goodness of God, that your people would flow in supernatural wonders. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Demons will be cast out. The lame will walk, the blind will see. I pray that, Lord, they will not look at any situation as an impossibility, but everything, for with God, all things are possible. I pray faith would arise in your people, that you would help us to see beyond our imagination that you do far more than we ask or think, but yet that we would go and believe great things and for the impossible, that impossible situation to turn to a great possibility for the kingdom of God. I pray for a greater anointing and healing, that breakthrough in Walmart, at the store, at Macy's, on the street, miracles will happen. If this is you, you want the miracle power of God to flow through your life, apply for it right now. Right now, just, just in a receiving position, say, Lord Jesus, I want to flow in boldness to, to step out in healing. I pray for the healing anointing to come upon my life, in Jesus' name. You are the healer, Lord Jesus. I pray for boldness. I pray for that anointing to heal. Supernatural. That we would naturally flow supernatural. In Jesus' name, we'll just naturally flow in the supernatural. We'll hear your voice speak into dire situations. In Jesus' name. 
So, Father, I just thank you. I pray that as we continue to walk on this journey with you, that you will continue to enlighten us to your ways and that we will walk in them. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, I'm going to ask our healing team, our, our miracle working team to come down here, ministry team to come. And God bless you as you go. If you need someone to pray with you, I encourage you to come this way. And God bless you as you go today.